Attention homos and homettes, the train to the Rainbow Rewatch is officially leaving the station. Please keep your hands, feet, flip phones, and webkins inside the vehicle at all times. If you're not gay, now you are. Congratulations. Get ready in five, four, <laughs> did I scare you? Good. I'm Daniel. And I'm Liliana. And today on the Rainbow Rewatch, we will be re-examining Lilo and Stitch and ask the question, was this movie actually any good and is it vegan? And is it? <laughs> I don't think it is. She tries to feed a tuna fish peanut butter. Um, That's not vegan to Yeah, me. not at all. <laughs> and also, and someone's like, oh, just feed it tuna. That is cannibalism. That is, even if it's not a tuna, that's no cannibalism. Period. Period. We're all God's creatures. We're all God's creatures. I can't even say. Like, I'm so anti-God that it just, like, cursed me to say that. <laughs> okay, but I'm just sitting here, veganism, like, I I understand veganism from, like, an environmental point of view. Because isn't one steak, like, 42 showers or something? It's a lot. It's something, li- it's bad. It's something like that. Synopsis of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, so, by the way, if you've forgotten, we're, we're talking about Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about veganism. No, we're not. Which I have to say, before we get into a synopsis, mm-hmm. I love this movie i loved it before we watched it i loved it when we we watched it i i love it i think it's a great movie i did not care for this movie before i rewatched it because i think i i think i haven't seen it in like forever and i was like oh it's, it must be overrated because mm-hmm. everyone talks about it all the time and then i watched it and i was like oh this is good it's cute it's funny emotional it's emotional we yeah. both cried yeah we both fully cried um, it's magical. It Stitch is the darndest thing. He's so cute. Can we talk about just before? Remember those Disney commercials, like for before movies, like when they were promoing Lilo and Stitch. It would be like the Beauty and the Beast dance, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like Stitch would like be on the chandelier. Do you know? Remember these commercials? They did a whole bunch of commercials. No. They did a whole bunch of commercials for Lilo and Stitch where Stitch was like infiltrating Disney movies. That's so cute. Like he did a whole new world and like he was on the carpet with them and he was like they were like, Um, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> it was such a cute little promo idea. Yeah. That has stuck with me. Um I I love this movie. It's so cute. My um my Twitter username is to this day Pleakley Stan account because I I love Pleakley. So funny. What a character. One-eyed, one-eyed fiend. Yeah. I love him so much. Um, let's do the synopsis, okay. please. Let the fans in. So, Lilo and Stitch is a tale of a young girl's close encounter with the galaxy's most wanted extraterrestrial. Lilo is a lonely Hawaiian girl who adopts a small, ugly dog whom she names Stitch. Stitch would be the perfect pet if it if he weren't in reality a genetic experiment who has escaped from an alien planet and crash-landed on Earth. Through her love, faith, and unwavering belief in Ohana, the Hawaiian concept of family, Lilo helps unlock Stitch's heart and gives him the ability to care for someone else else Aww. I, uh, when hearing you say that just makes my heart break it's literally the last scene in this movie is oh right <laughs> i i threw a little magic sheet away <laughs> don't um, throw a magic sheet uh but the last scene in this movie where like where stitch is like can i say goodbye yeah because he loves his family even though isn't this movie like three days 
Oh, it it must be. It It, takes place over the course. It's one of those movies that seem like it takes place forever, but it takes place in like 24 hours. Yeah. Um, He becomes their family in three days. Come on. Come on. She loses like six jobs in like three days. Come on. Come on. Plot holes. Come on, Disney. Disney. I mean, like, there's aliens, so it's realistic. Obviously, this movie was going for realism. Um, yeah. <laughs> we keep poking holes in movies that, that are clearly not supposed to be serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do not accept anything but the truth. Oh, absolutely not. If being queer has taught us anything, mm-hmm. it's that reality must be held on to. Everything is exactly as it seems. Everything. <laughs> everything that's normalized... That's it. There's nothing that ex- exists outside of that. Unnormalize it. Un- if it's normalized, unnormalize it. Mm-hmm. If it's not normalized, keep it unnormalized. Mm-hmm. We don't want anything to be normalized. Legalize murder. <laughs> like Divine. <laughs> You've seen that video, right? Yes, yes, yes. So yes. funny, yes. so funny. I love Divine. She is, she's underrated. Oh, for sure. I feel In like, our generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't know about her. People don't, if you don't know who Divine is, look it up. Yeah. Now's your opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, what a film. I... Um, when you were reading the synopsis, I also had to think about, like, when they talk about that he's a genetic mutation, they really leaned into that. Yeah. Wait, also a genetic mutation of what? Right. And they, like, I I love this whole, like, outsider thing that Stitch is, like, this big outsider and he just, like, needs to find family. I think that's all so cute. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of questions, which we we shall certainly discuss, but, um, overall, what a... I, I don't know. They just cracked it with this movie. Disney was not doing too well at this time. Like, they had the Renaissance, which mm-hmm. was in the 90s. Um, and then they sort of, like, trailed off. This was right after, like, Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. Maybe right before. But I think... I think right which I after. love. Great movie, Eartha but... Eartha Kit. Eartha Kit. I just watched a whole documentary on that. I ever, love her. I, no, I watched... She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I watched a documentary called The Sweatbox, mm-hmm. which is about Emperor's New Groove. And it basically was um, the making of it. They were supposed to make this whole movie called Kingdom of the Sun. It was going to be like serious, like Aztec. a musical, epic. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then halfway through, they were like, mm, Mama, this is garbage. We're turning this into a comedy. And so funny. he turns into a llama now. It was supposed to be like a prince and a pauper situation. Yeah. Where they look the same. Um, very interesting. If you haven't seen The Sweatbox, it's on YouTube. Go look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney doesn't want people to see it because it makes the Disney producers look like shit. Mm-hmm. So it was like right after this really weird time in Disney's history, but they gave this movie like a really small budget and it like did so well. They made like a couple of sequels. They made yeah. the whole Disney Channel TV show. Which is so good. Which is so good. What a cute idea. Every episode's a different alien. Yeah, because oh, isn't it. he's experiment 629. Six, six, six. Oh, 626. 626. Come on, honey. Oh, yes, ma'am. Um. So there's like 600 others. Uh, interesting. Yeah. And I love the monster of the week sort of thing. Yeah, it's and really like, cute. There's like girl stitch. There was girl stitch. With eyelashes. With eyelashes and she's pink. Ugh. Of course. Stitch is blue Wait. and she's pink. Yeah. Which the roles are reversed in Blue's Clothes. <gasps> Magenta is a boy and blue is a girl. Oh my God. You're right. Yeah. Trans. Blue's Clues is trans. Or <laughs> 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 well, maybe it's the bisexual flag. <gasps> True. It's all of it. Let's review Blue's Clues. Can we? Can we? Let's do it. And Thomas the Train. Did you Yum. watch Thomas the Train? I like, I would watch it if it was on. I think I was like, Thomas the Train, I then edged into like a Barney kid. Mm, we would have, I wouldn't watch, because we didn't really have cable. Talk about on. faggot, by the way. Oh, <laughs> straight up. Okay, he's a purple dinosaur. Friends with someone named Baby Bop. 
I don't remember any of the names. You know, Barney, we should do Barney too. Why not? We were four, but it counts. Yeah. It counts as our childhood. I would watch them on cassette. I wouldn't watch them like on TV because, again, I don't think I had cable until I was like a, like a kid. Like a real kid. Like six? Yeah, like six, seven. Well, I feel like also we wouldn't have... Why would we have watched anything on cable before then? Now kids just watch Netflix. How weird is that? They just get to choose whatever they want. No, my mom put everything on for me. Right. I sat there on the couch and she did it for me. And tablet culture. (gasps) I'm not just going to give my kid a tablet and be like, play away. I'm going to be like, you're playing outside. uh, I sound like a Karen. (laughs) No, but I think it's really valid because if you teach your kid to A, be in control of their own screen Mm -hmm. and B, use the screen consistently... You're setting them up for failure. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel so bad for all the kids who grew up in the pandemic. Yeah. Where there's literally nothing to do but be on the computer or watch yeah. TV. Those poor kids are not going to know what the sun is. Yeah. I mean, not that I played outside that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. I mean, like, I just, but like, I played board games. You played board? Yeah. Well, I, I, sometimes I think about that. I was like, what the fuck did I do? Oh my God. A child asked me recently. A mm-hmm. child asked me, what did you do? When you were a kid, like, did you play with dinosaurs? I was like, um, what did I do? We were like in a weird in between phase, and like, also it's different for us because you have younger siblings and I have older siblings. Tea. Um, and you had a twin, so you were like, got yeah, thing with him built in playpen. Um, <laughs> I feel like I watched a lot of TV. I played with action figures and dolls and stuff. I had a lot of Barbies. Um, wow, that was, oh yeah, you had all like boy older siblings How'd you yeah get those barbies? i just asked my mom for them i love that yeah i was anti-doll not because of any sort of like internalized homophobia something about little things i never liked i never liked playing with action figures mm-hmm. I, I remember once like my cousin gave me like his hand, he's like five six years older than me he gave me like a hand-me-down bag of like toys like little mm-hmm. action figures i found them from a young age like grimy and sort of weird I don't know, something about, like, the plastic toys I never really bought onto. Mm -hmm. But then that begs the question, what was I doing with my time? Yeah. Was I really just reading all that time? I could not have been. Oh, no. But what was I doing? I, like, didn't read. (laughs) I, like, started reading, like, high school. Right, for fun. No, I was, like, a middle school reader, then I stopped in high school. Right, right, right. right. Because, oh, my God, all of college, including the books I had to read for class, did not read a single book. Oh, absolutely not. I, I bullshitted everything. I, the one lesson they never teach you about college, you can bullshit the whole thing. And they'll be like, you read this book so hard. Right. And I'll be like, yeah, I did. You have to get one or two obscure facts. You have to read a bit. You have to know what's going on mm-hmm. for all you non-college kids right now. Use these tips. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say, my last year of school, I was like, man, I wish I actually did the work because then I would have learned something and probably gotten something out of this experience. Mm-hmm. Because everything I got out of college was not academic. Yeah. If anything, I okay, wait. Fun facts about Lilo and Stitch. Okay, yeah. Let's go back to Lilo. <laughs> Fun fact number one about Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch was originally supposed to take place in rural Kansas. However, this was shortly changed to Hawaii, which you were saying... Makes a lot of sense with the alien theme because I feel like we associate in American culture aliens with like prairies and like I think like Area 51. Yeah. Cows being sucked up into spaceships. That makes sense with the whole alien vibe. Yeah. Also like falling down into Earth. He just happened to land on an island. Right. The smallest one of the smallest islands 
How convenient. Yeah. Right. It makes more sense he would land in the middle of fucking nowhere, America. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's... Mo- I'm glad they changed it to Hawaii. You're going to make me want to watch a movie about Kansas. I feel like... Okay. This is... This is probably the tea. I think what makes it more compelling is a little Orientalist. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're American, but they're also not. They're a different culture, which I think for me as a child was the exciting part. Yeah. I loved I loved the music. The music oh, in yeah, this yeah. movie. The music in this Hawaiian movie. Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride? Yeah. Love the song. I love that song. And in and the other songs which that are sung in um the native language, like I love. Yeah. Um and I think that's what made this movie so interesting. There's this mix of like eight literal aliens and um a culture that I found so interesting mm-hmm. and different and Still, obviously, they were portraying a very Americanized outsider perspective because this mm-hmm. is not written by Hawaiian people, yeah, um, Native Hawaiians at all. But I still find it like very compelling for that reason. If it took place in Kansas, bitch, I would not have cared. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have done as well. No, I feel like a lot of the appeal is like it being set in Hawaii, just because like it's a fun place. Could you imagine if The Wizard of Oz took place in Kansas the whole time? Yeah. No, it's interesting because they leave Kansas. Thank you. <laughs> they get thank the you, fuck thank out. You, thank you. Um, yeah, they made it so much better for being in Hawaii. Yeah. Though I have um, thoughts. Which brings us to fun fact number two, shall you? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, fun fact number dose. The directors and writers incorporated the idea of Ohana after visiting ha- Ko- Kauai. How do you say that? I'm pretty sure it's um, Kauai. I- I- if we pronounce it, I'm so- pronounce it wrong, I'm so sorry. It's one of the islands. Yeah. Um, on a trip to research the film. Um is this exploit exploitative and weird? Um, I think so. I think it is a little bit strange. It makes me think of like you know when you go to a place and you like you go somewhere different, like mm-hmm. you go to a different culture and you come back and you think you're like an expert on it because yeah. you've been there for a week. Yeah, that's what I feel like happened with this movie. These white directors went to Hawaii. They were there for like a couple of days and they were like, oh, I can write a motion picture about their culture. Like girls who study abroad. Like girls who study abroad and yeah. they come back wearing like a beret. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Stop. Wait, didn't that one girl from our school wear a beret in France? You know who I'm talking about, right? In France? She went to France wearing a beret and then everyone was like, mm, people don't wear that. What does her name rhyme with? Barley. Barley Van. <laughs> Barley. Barley. <laughs> we have to. We're bleeping that. We're bleeping that. Reminder to bleep that. She wore a beret before. Okay. She wore a beret before. But that's really funny. And exactly that same thing. Girls who come back from study abroad and they're like, yeah, I only eat like Parisians now. I have a slice <laughs> of bread. I have my cheese and my wine for every single meal. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've seen the Mona Lisa now, so yeah. I am a little cultured. Um, That one TV show, Dark Tourist. Are you familiar? Yes, 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 yes. That's also very exploitative because it, it like displays certain cultures as inherently dark and yeah. alien and different and weird. Absolutely. And they like these directors went to Hawaii they learned about I'm, I'm sure someone literally said ohana means family that's an important thing and they were like we're putting this, this is the whole movie this is the whole movie now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ohana means family which i gotta be honest it's compelling material like from my perspective as mm-hmm. a white man in america it's cute it's cute and it's wonderful do i know if it's authentic I, I i cannot speak to that oh yeah um but i do find it very 
compelling. Um, the one thing that I remember reading, this is not a fun fact that we have, but um, they sing the song Aloha Oi when Lilo, when Nani knows that the next day Lilo's going to be taken away. She knows that, right? Like the whole thing is like Nani's her older sister and the social security, social security, social services, mm-hmm. child service, protective services guy is uh, social security um, <laughs> is like coming to like take her away basically because nani is an irresponsible parent and nani knows that Lilo's going to be taken away and she sings aloha oi to her which was the song that the last queen of hawaii i i do not have the name written down i'm not going to butcher it for you um the last queen of hawaii sang when she was basically like handing over the crown to the american imperialists which everyone likes to say is this like big commentary like oh wow this is the song that the queen sang when saying goodbye and it's a song that nani sang and saying goodbye how smart and I would say it was smart if this movie wasn't literally written by two white guys. They probably just knew this one Hawaiian song, Googled it, and was like, that's the one. And it's it's probably more weirdly exploitative than it is like some sort of like smart commentary on imperialism. Yeah. Which if it is, props to you. Yeah. Because any comment on imperialism, I'm here for. Yeah. I mean, also it is like a, a U.S. government agent. Literally. Taking something from a Hawaiian that's an mm, that's another connection yeah maybe they did that on purpose yeah but bubbles is supposed to be a good guy in the end yeah the the security agent guy i don't know i love him by the way he's a very cute character he is cute and the thing that he has on his knuckles what is written on his knuckles Uh, chaos no it's not that it's something serious it's something like weird on his knuckles yeah i love lilo i I could Uh, just google it real quick while you're doing fun fact number three (laughs) this one's a doozy the movie had to alter the final climactic chase scene um, after the 9-11 attacks. It was originally animated as a chase scene in a Boeing plane through the city center. But after 9-11, this was changed to a spaceship chase through the Hawaiian mountain range, which I think is... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I mentioned 9-11 and I laugh. That's just like my response <laughs> no, usually, same. but... Um, yeah, how interesting. Like you were saying, um, media after 9-11 changed forever. Anything with a plane, sensitive material. Anything with buildings, sensitive material. Anything with planes flying near buildings, mm-hmm. ultra-sensitive material, got to erase it. Also, um, media in general. Right after 9-11, I think there was a very long break before anyone made anything new. Um, and I'm pretty sure the first show to do anything post 9-11 was South Park, and they made a 9-11 Osama Bin Laden, like, joke. Right. It was very, it was the most sensitive. And, like, we were way too young during 9-11 to really, at least I do not remember really what happened at all. Like, I wasn't cognizant for that event. I was two or three. Um, But, yeah, I, I really would love to look at that in the future, like, how that affected media. I think it was, around this time, very reactionary in general. Like, media turned either like very grungy and sort of like um reactionary in in portraying like the hardships of being an american the sort of like truth in that or they went the complete other direction they try to portray some sort of sanitized happy escapism sort of thing i think the mid-2000s was very like squeaky clean in that respect um at least my memory of the media from that time period what does it say it says cobra cobra that's his knuckles say Cobra. That's even. I funny. think that's his first name. Cobra I think it's Bubbles? Cobra Bubbles. That's a good drag name. Yeah, it is. Cobra it is. Bubbles. Welcome to the stage, Cobra Bubbles. Cobra Bubbles. Um, but yeah, nine eleven. 
I love that we got a chance to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, I have to say, talking about queerness in this movie, um, let's get into it. I want to begin with Pleakley. Okay. Because as I sort of already said, I am a stan. I was a stan before I rewatched this movie. I stand by that. Um, for those who haven't seen the movie in a while, Pleakley is like a government agent. He's sent with Jumba, who's Stitch's creator, to go and capture Stitch back from mm-hmm. Hawaii. Pleakley is a Twinkie alien with one eye. Obsessed. Obsessed with the design. Obs- yeah, what a great idea. Um, who loves humans thinks that mosquitoes are like uh, a dying species, which, what a great gag. How that funny. is so funny. But throughout the movie, dresses up as a woman. Um, for example, him and Jumba go to like uh, a luau sort of like dinner um, where Nani works to try to capture Stitch. Um, and Pleakley is in full garb, wearing a wig, lipstick, um, his his uh, one single eyelash is his mascara on it, wearing a dress. Um, and I don't know, I because I, obviously I remembered the fact that Pleakley dressed up as a woman, but when I watched the movie again, my impression was that it was not they were not making fun of this idea of this um, man dressing up as a woman, if anything. From what I saw, there's a scene where Pleakley like puts on the wig when Jumba isn't looking and is like looking in the mirror and is like sort of feeling himself, like putting up his hair a little bit, like clearly enjoying th- what he sees back in the mirror, um, which made me think that it's like, you know, they're not like doing the usual like haha man in a wig thing. There's no jokes about him being in girls clothes, like not, not once. Other than Jumba sort of like poking fun at Pleakley, which is like their relationship. Yeah. But also, they sort of have a relationship thing, which we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, can th- what do you think, Liliana? Can this be considered? Like, would you consider this drag? Would you consider this like some sort of gender fuckery, which drag is, but like a little more like on the um, like fucking with the cis trans like mm-hmm. binary. Like, what do you think? So I think, I think. Intention, the intentions. Yes. I think they were probably just going for Silly Alien uh, doesn't really know what's going on and is wearing, like, girl clothes, thinks he's blending in. Mm-hmm. Um, even I though he has one eye, he's blending in. Even though, okay, this is a very important part. He has one eyeball. <laughs> His skin is greenish gray yellow. He has three legs and he has like weird proportions and yet somehow he can put on a little lipstick put on like i guess one falsy um and be like oh that's a woman and a wig and a dress and that's a woman 
No, it's not. No, it's not. And like they even like kind of like poke at the idea that he looks weird because they're because Nani's like your head looks swollen, and then Jumba's like, oh, he's just ugly. He's just <laughs> ugly. Like my wife is just ugly, and it's like, wait, but she has one eye. She has one. Um, if I'm gonna interpret this as queer, I think Pleakley is more along the lines of like emerging trans woman non-binary person mm. because he does wear like men's clothes um like when he's building the house at the end he's wearing like like construction gear mm-hmm. um but like he does like i don't know i feel like it's definitely not supposed to be re- i don't think he's representing a trans person if anything it's more so representing someone in drag I was sort of going, thinking that a little bit, like, and this was crux of, like, when, um, this was, like, I feel like in culture, when people were just beginning to, just like, I feel like the 80s were, mm-hmm. like, when people were beginning to really recognize that queer people, queer men, have were, a like, culture, have a culture, have a place. I feel like the early 2000s were, like, oh, trans people are a thing, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, they always existed, but I feel like that's when they started to, like, bubble to the surface. Mm-hmm. So this, like... I, and I feel like that's when, like, cross like the cross-dressing, I'm using air quotes, or, like, transvestitism, mm-hmm. also in air quotes. Like, that's when that was sort of on its way out. So I think this was probably more along those lines, which I guess yeah. is similar to drag. I think why I don't... Why I think it aged well is because Pleakley is living for it. Oh, yeah. It's not a joke Yeah, that... Like, obviously, it's funny that Pleakley's wearing a wig and pretending to be a woman. Because he's an alien, not because he's a man. Right, right. And it's just, it's just precious. I don't know how to describe it. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't, it's not, like, hateful. It doesn't feel, like, hateful. Speaking of The Emperor's New Groove, I watched that recently for Mm -hmm. funsies. Yeah. Um, And in that movie, too, the main character... Cusco. Cusco. Cusco dresses up as a woman when they go to the bar. He's a llama and he dresses up as a woman and he has a moment where he's looking in the mirror and he's like living. What is it with non-humans dressing up as women? Oh Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it has to, it must have something to do with when it's not a man, mm-hmm. right? When it's not a human man, there's something less threatening about it, mm-hmm. perhaps, mm-hmm. that it like, cause I feel like when there's a man, a man dressing up as a woman, in in traditional media, it's like you have to undermine it with a joke, with a like, this is not what we support thing. But when it's not a human, I feel like there's a little more leeway to be explorative, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it works well here. Um, is that we're like sort of living with Pleakley. I love it. My favorite look was the orange hair. I oh think yeah, sickening. I I mean. The black bob, don't get me wrong. It's a great look for Pleakley, but there's mm-hmm. something about that orange hair that just complements his yellow skin so well. Yeah. Um, also with Pleakley, him and Jumba. They're married. They're married. They're married. I refuse to believe otherwise. If this was made in, in 2020, I feel like they would have been like the first gay couple in Disney. Because they're very like... Someone wrote this online. They disguise themselves as a married couple. No one asked for that. That was not necessary. They could have very easily been like brothers or like friends. Or t- yeah, literally, they could have just 
been themselves and everyone would have bought it because what is putting on a wig really changing? <laughs> like, then you're just an alien with a wig on. Right, you can just be like, an alien with a wig if on. If you were sitting here with, like, one eye, I'd be like, you have one eye. <laughs> I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Don't gaslight me. <laughs> you know, literally, stop abusing. But they chose to dress up as a married couple. They have this very, like, like, I feel like gay men, like how gay men read each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like they do that. They read yeah. each other. Pleakley calls Jumba, like, fat or something <laughs> jumbo calls pleakly ugly like yeah. an ugly woman like they sort of have that like but the fact the fact that that can be construed as an insult you are an ugly woman mm. so clearly he's attempting to be a woman right um and also a point i wanted to bring up about why pleakly and jumbo just the way they do is that they have a very rudimentary outsider's perspective on human like behavior Mm -hmm. and gender and expression and like they have like that that flip book at the very beginning where it's like these are humans this is one of them long hair dress this is another one of them suit and tie do aliens have genders okay good question because the the president of the alien world is definitely a woman yeah i'm an actress I'm sure they use she her pronouns for her. Yeah. But I feel like they never they never say that there's genders. They never make that distinction. Perhaps yeah. it's because it's outside the scope of the film and outside the scope of two thousand two to be like talking about gender. Yeah. But do aliens have genders? Um, I feel like in it's very similar to the conversation I often have about Star Wars. Why are these people so preoccupied? Like a lot of Star Wars fans will be like transphobic, homophobic, racist. Why are you so preoccupied with these outside, like things? And then you love like a Wookiee, you love Chewbacca, right? The, the you're not you're racist, but you're not speciesist, right? It's just like there's so many factors in this world of like aliens and everything that like like sexism doesn't exist in Star Wars, and like homophobia, like none of these like things exist in in the world. In the uh, world, yeah. yeah. Um, because there's such a diverse population. So I feel like on some, should aliens exist in our reality? There has to be at least one planet that like has like multiple, um, sexes. I mean, on this planet we do. Exactly. So like, it just is weird. And like, I definitely feel like it's something that like a movie in the future could, um, like address. discovered address yeah I, and i really like i like that they made the alien president a woman mm-hmm. or at least what we're interpreting to be a woman whether or not they use she her pronouns i don't remember um but how interesting and i feel like movies are that place where we can imagine this like other reality but how interesting that they made like aliens in a way be more progressive and i think this goes to what you're saying like they have a different understanding clearly of gender because mm-hmm. if they had traditional gender roles there would be no women in the film there would be yeah there would be women in the kitchen and men as the president period um obviously that's the the traditional whatever but clearly the aliens have a very different point of view which is wonderful and as it should be and i think it brings up like who are the real like outsiders who are the real like quote-unquote like aliens right is it the literal aliens or like the humans who are so 
behind mm-hmm. um, and who can't fathom that a woman can take care of her younger sister and be fine. Like, yeah, I, how, I always found that sort of weird that Nani is like, is she really that bad of a mom? I know mothers who are far worse than Nani. Yeah. But it's a single woman. It's a single woman who's yeah. taking care of her younger sister. An older sister. How old is she supposed to be? I think in her probably in her 20s. Oh, interesting. Probably in her Big 20s. age gap. Big age gap. Well, they say that right after Lila was born, they died. Interesting. Interesting. I think, like, in a tsunami or something. I don't remember. Because I seem to remember, like, this... Maybe I this was a fan theory oh, I'm crash, remembering. Car crash. Car crash. Okay. Okay, interesting. Um, Because I read this one theory that was, like, the fish is representative of her parents. <laughs> what the fuck? And that, like, not, not that the fish is her parents, but, like, it's representative <laughs> to her of her parents. Or, like, it's, like... I don't really remember. It's, like... Maybe I could look it up later or something. Sure, sure. Um, but also going back to the aliens and the humans yeah, and like yeah. which mm-hmm. is the human, which is the monster. Um, the aliens just cast out Stitch for being what he is, for being a genetic mutation as if that's so much worse than right. an alien. I They don't even give Stitch a chance. And to be fair, Stitch at the beginning of the movie was pretty bad. He was not nice. Mm-hmm. But he was literally born against his will as we all are. Yeah. I didn't want to be on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could choose, I would not choose to be born in 1998. No way. Mm, I would choose to be born in like 3000. Yeah. Give me some time. <laughs> yeah. When the earth is on fire. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, but they did not give him any chance. And they because he was born, they were like, put him in jail. Um, which you were saying might have some implications. Yeah, because they call him an abomination, which is often the rhetoric we hear as gay people from, um, religious types. Um, and just, he's an abomination for being, for having his DNA. For being himself. For existing. Um, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think there's certainly something, like, I, I, exactly that, like, he is cast off, considered dangerous, considered threatening for just existing. Mm -hmm. And rather than understanding Stitch, understanding where he might fit in, they immediately cast him off, and that causes him to rebel and leave. And that's how the whole movie starts. Um, I just found that very weird when I was watching that they, like, they right away hate him. The thing that I love the most, oh my god, Mm -hmm. when he, like, curses in some alien language and that, right. that robot like throws up nuts and bolts because <laughs> he's so he's so shocked by what stitches said that he yeah. throws up i that made me laugh so hard that's like when in star wars they see like barnacles or like those other curse words those mm-hmm. other spongebob curse words oh neptune stuff like that Did you say in star wars in in spongebob did i say i said sorry in spongebob i was like uh-huh. Maybe that's in the prequels. I haven't seen those in a while. <laughs> right. In in SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barnacles. Barnacles. But Stitch is definitely in some ways representative of a queer person. And this brings me to another point, which is about chosen family, which is very important to queer people. Liliana just gripped my hand and your hands are freezing cold. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cold. I'm a cold girl. You're, a, you're an icy bitch. Yeah, slap me, please. <laughs> well, that's what... Um, anyway, Stitch is an outsider. He comes in this whole movie. He feels like he doesn't belong. He doesn't know his place. He doesn't know how to be himself or how to care about someone else. Um, 
uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, he identifies with the ugly duckling, mm. which is like obviously like a very common trope and character, right? The outsider who doesn't belong, who who has to like sort of who finds out that he does belong and he's beautiful in his own different way, mm. right? Which I think is wonderful. And then in the end, Stitch chooses to have a family, right? He chooses to belong. Um. Which made me really think about chosen family, which if you're not familiar, it's just a concept that your family is not necessarily who you are related to um, through your blood. Right? right. It can be, but it's not necessarily. It's, um, it's people who you choose to love. It's people who you who you would do anything for or who you um, are close to. Mm-hmm. And for queer people, especially, that's super, super important. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, a lot of queer people are rejected by their families, have to sort of like make it on their own. And making a network of other queer people is often the the way that they survive and right. thrive. Like drag families. Like drag families. I think of like Pose. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Which of. is so yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And I love it for that. So amazing. Right. Where just like people can stand up for each other when they have no one else. Because like MJ Rodriguez's character is literally like their mother. <sighs> Like, she's literally like, this is my child. You are accepting him into your school. Go watch Pose, please. Dan got me into it. It is so so good. good. Blanca. Oh, my God. She's so perfect. Um, perfect. But, yeah, and I I think this movie sort of comments on that really interestingly. And I think that's one of the reasons why it resonated with me so deeply. In Mm -hmm. the end of the movie, right, after Stitch saves Lilo and, and they decide that Nani can stay with her and, like, Stitch can stay. Um... They all, and Jumba and Pleakley stay, thank God. Mm-hmm. They can live their queer lives on Hawaii. Um, they all, like, become a mismatched family, right? Jumba and Pleakley. Little unbroken. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, what is it? Like, we might be um, weak and small, but yeah. we're, we're not. I'm going to cry. Yeah, it's something really wonderful. They have such beautiful quotes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Pleakley and Jumba are there. Mr. Bubbles is there. Mm-hmm. David is there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I know. Beef. We'll get into that. Um, And they, like, become part of this, like, bigger family. And it's so wonderful because Nani and Lilo start out alone. Mm-hmm. And through the course of this film. <gasps> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they have other. They have others. They, like, have their own family. Um, even though they're not related, they sort of, like, choose to be there for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so wonderful and so queer, mm-hmm. um, especially for Stitch, who, like, is this outsider. He chooses to be there with others. Because I think as queer people, we're, like, hardened sometimes. We're, like, have to survive, yeah. right? And so we, like, learn to, like, put up walls, and it's hard to let people in. Um, and I think St- Stitch sort of represents, like, the beauty and the the joy that you can find when you, like, let people in. Mm-hmm. And conversely... The villain in this show is, in this movie, is Captain Gantu. Well, he's not really the villain. He's more just like an authority figure who's out to get. He's a villain in the same way Bubbles is a villain. Right. Shark Daddy. Right. Um, So Shark Daddy represents like toxic masculinity. Oh, and speaking of, fun fact, 
Some sharks lay eggs and they are really gross looking and you should look them up. Pause and look them up right now. Okay, when you when you you when you first arrived to record this podcast today, you that was all you wanted to talk about was how sharks lay eggs. Okay, and they're so gross and sharp. They are really sharp. And I've definitely picked one up on the beach before. Yeah, caviar. And I did not know they were shark eggs. Yeah, yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh-huh. No, I know they're so gross. Ew. It's really gross. Okay. Anyway, shark daddy. So you saw the shark eggs uh they were gross um so shark daddy represents toxic masculinity which is like the opposite of stitch because stitch starts in a toxic masculine sort of mindset because he's like hyper aggressive he's an object of war that's like mm. his spit is acidic he can carry things through three thousand times his weight and then at the end he like i don't want to say like being nice and like loving your family is feminine but it's certainly not a trait of toxic masculinity right i think the whole point is that it's like toxic masculinity is like an extreme Mm -hmm. um and there's like a happy middle ground of just like existing Mm -hmm. where you like are okay with your emotions and you um you don't sort of like glorify those sort of like hyper masculine traits right um, even though you might still possess them. Right. Like right. David, for example. Mm, who was so beautiful. Let's um, take a moment for the hottest cartoon character. Thank you. That has ever been drawn. He's probably the hottest boy in Disney. Uh, for sure. Him and like Film Rider. I love Oh, Film I was going to say Hercules. You know, I've gotten, I know you like muscular guys. I'm a I think lover. I've gotten away from that. Okay. I accept you. I accept you for it. <laughs> I'm coming out as not being attracted to muscles. <laughs> it's my mortal weakness. Um, I'm admitting it now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's the hottest. Though David, by far, is the most attractive. Yeah. Not only because he's beautifully drawn, but because he is so comfortable in his masculinity. Mm-hmm. And he clearly loves and wants to date Nani, right? Yeah. That goes without question. And you can sort of say that his motivations throughout the movie are to get close to Nani, but he so genuinely cares about them mm-hmm. as people. He wants to help. He gets her jobs. He tr- And when, when Stitch sort of messes everything up, he's like, um, you know, like, I really thought they had a shot, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then you came, right? He, he really w- was rooting for them not because obviously for him it'd be easier if nani didn't have lilo around they could fuck all the time right but he he so deeply cares for them and wants them to be happy Mm -hmm. um and i think that is so precious yeah he's so good yeah the perfect Uh, man the perfect man and so not toxically masculine you said that um lilo says that nani um loves his cute butt and fancy hair yeah and rather than being like Ew, like, I don't have a dump truck. He's like, yeah. oh my god, she likes it. Oh my god. Mm. Damn. Does she want to peg me? Does she want to peg me? Now I'm just thinking about his booty. His, okay, question for the audience. Is it okay to be attracted to cartoon characters? Okay. I would say yes. Here's why. People genuinely jerk off to anime porn yeah i know so if we're saying that it's not then we're sort of kink shaming yeah a little bit so that would be mm, cancelable behavior yeah we would be deplatformed but um i think there's a line between being attracted to say david and being attracted to say remy from ratatouille who's a rat 
Grammy the Ratatouille. Or Lightning McQueen from Cars. <gasps> vroom, vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. That was actually, Cars was my um, hidden aesthetic in college. What does that mean? <laughs> so I, we would have, uh, so during rush, during, for my sorority, like when we were like getting new girls and stuff, we would have, we would play this, like, we had this event called G Sessions where like girls would come around the house and we asked them like different stupid questions just to like get to know them. Mm-hmm. Or like stupid stuff like speak in a British accent, like give me your best British accent. Um, and the question I would always ask is, um, or more like the thing I would always have them do is like, can you give us your best car noise? <laughs> Um, and everyone knew this was my thing. I would get, one time someone else said it, I think, and I was like, that's my thing. How dare you? Um, but I would always have them be like, I was going to say, can you give me your best car noise? And I would be like, and then people would always. That's your best car noise? Okay. I don't want to scream into the mic. Do it. Okay. It's like. No, but I was like, I was thank you. Can I give mine? Um, Yeah. What kind of car do I want to be? Yeah, it's more like a like a. <laughs> it's, that's hard. Yeah, that's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. And like sometimes people would be like, "Oh my god, that was terrible." No, it was good. It was good. So people would do anything from saying "kerchow," like how lightning McQueen goes, to like mimicking a car crash, to like, like <laughs> exactly, and like beep beep and stuff like that. So yeah, cars was my hidden aesthetic in college. And also I would wear like racing, like racing checkers and like flames and that stuff. That I didn't know, but you know what? I learned something new every day. Yeah. That I'm, um, I know what to get you for your birthday now. Hey, please, a car. Or for Valentine's Day, more <gasps> accurately. Oh my God, hubby. Hubby, baby. Yeah. Get you a Lightning McQueen Valentine's Day card. Oh, we love that. Um, but I think it is okay to be tracked to them. I think it is okay. Um, and I won't be shamed out of it. How dare you? How dare you tell me not to look at pictures of David shirtless? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Which we did. He is shirtless in the movie, right? Oh, most of the time. Okay, love. And he does have abs. He does have I mean, they're drawn on. They're drawn on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. That was smart, smart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we did look at pictures of him before we started, so... Mm-hmm. What's the so I'm feeling kind of flustered. Um, I'm David, if you're listening to this, <laughs> stop. Can we have him on the podcast, please? David. Him and the vegan teacher will come together. Yes. Okay. What's our next point? I don't think we have any written down. Hold on. Let me yeah, check. Yeah, We've kind of talked about everything. Yeah. I mean, what else is cute about this movie? I don't know. I just, I just love it. Yeah. I love this movie it holds up there's so many tattoos so many people Ooh. have tattoos of of i know one of our friends has like ohana on her foot oh my god you're so right right um and i feel like a lot of people took the ohana thing like especially in our generation because we were kids and like ran with it which is a little little bit cultural appropriation yeah is it exploitative which is movie is cultural appropriation yeah um but no it definitely and, and stitch Specifically, people uh, love him. Oh yeah, people. I had a sketch little like stuffed animal growing up. I have one. I still have one. I would love that. He's cute. Well, you're a Disney family. You're a Disney family. There's a curio of of little Disney people around the house, and there's and there's a 
a goofy on a noose. That's a goofy <laughs> on a noose. We'll take a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, this movie holds up. Um, what were the, what was the moment that made you um, queer? Hmm. I know I, as a kid, I wanted to be Nani. Um, and I was attracted to David, obviously. Um, and I, I don't think I related to Lilo. I think I found her annoying as a kid. And I don't think I related to Pleakly because, which is weird because you would think I would, but also it just didn't like, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. I don't think that's weird. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Thank you. He's an alien. Why would you? No, exactly. 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 I think I definitely thought he was iconic, but I didn't recognize what he was doing as queer. So like, I was just like. Okay. I feel that. But, like, Nani was a very powerful, powerful character and definitely someone I wanted to emulate. So, yeah. And and just to say, like, what I really appreciate about this movie is she is drawn like a woman. Like a human being. Like a human being. And I so appreciate that. Mm Because the Disney princesses can veer into problematic body sort of misappropriation territory. And I always see these, like scientific videos are like if what human beings like? yeah, yeah. yeah if human beings had these proportions they would be dead you can't have a head that big you can't have eyes that big you can't have features so it's literally unrealistic and the people will literally kill themselves to obtain that body right no, yeah, that's very true. But I, I hear that. I think for me, the moment that made me queer, right, right. definitely David was in a mm-hmm, sexual awakening. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's he's nice. Yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. And I think sort of what I already mentioned, just about like, I think what I really liked about this movie, I love movies where like a whole bunch of weirdos get together and they're like, they like form a little family. Yeah. There's something about that that's so wonderfully wholesome to me. Like superhero movies. Yeah. Like the Avengers. Very cute. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy more like. Okay, okay. They're silly. I'm more on, I'm more on board with that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Superheroes. Like movies where there's a bunch of weirdos, like different sort of personalities. They all like look past each other's differences and decide to like be there for each other. I love that. And I think that's my favorite, favorite part of this movie. And mm-hmm. you know what? Like... Uh, I think this is one of the one of the better Disney movies for sure. Right. I was the one who championed that we do this movie. So oh soon. yeah, yeah. I'm glad we did. I love this movie. Yeah. Shall we rank it? Yes. Let's rank it on our scale from twink to productive member of society. Okay, where do you put it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a productive member of society. It is like a nine or a ten for me. I love that. I yeah. You know, I agree because I, I would have put it the same place because it holds up. It does what it's supposed to do. Mm. Um, there's nothing problematic about it. On in hindsight, there's maybe except for the whole white people writing. About right, 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 right. Other than that, um, and yeah, I think it's really cute. I think it has a perfect message and like empowering to women stuff like that. Very like a lot of role models. Everything. Yeah, a lot of role model models. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. relevant. Made us cry. Made us cry. Made us laugh. It's a full picture. Mm-hmm. And in 90, 90 minutes, less than 90 minutes probably, animated film, um, to do that, like, I don't think most Disney movies made me cry. Right. Pixar, different story. Yeah. Do I cry at Monsters, Inc. every time? Do not give me a tissue box because my face is... Do sweat. you? What? When he has to say goodbye to Boo, are you kidding me? I don't think I like Monsters, Inc. that much. Oh, yeah. I think I watched it too much as a kid. 
we'll, I want to rewatch it because literally we, I want to we'll rewatch it sometime. And then we can do Monsters University too. Oh yeah, we'll have to compare. But when they leave Boo, I cry, and then mm. I catch myself back up. I put myself back together, and then he sees Boo at the very end, and you hear Kitty, and he's like, his face lights up. Mm. I'm almost gonna cry about it <laughs> right now. Oh my god, <gasps> Dad, you're so cute. Together. But this movie. I cried as well because mm-hmm. I think just like the the wholesome relationship between Lilo and Stitch is so great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it had cultural relevancy because they made so many more intellectual properties based off of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's a it's it's as close to a ten as a movie can be. It might be like a nine or a ten, but it's certainly a productive member of society. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it with all of these things in mind. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone has seen it. Oh, for sure. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those movies. Especially our age. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, like, if the young people, like, the younger people right. have seen it. Like, the people I on hope. TikTok that are, are TikTok contemporaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The 16-year-olds have seen it. Um, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. It's a really good one. I'm so glad we watched it. Yeah. It was really cute. Yeah. Um, We've reached the end. Love. Wow, how succinct of us. Oh. Yeah, amazing. Very quick. We Very did quick. It. We yeah. did it. We covered a lot of ground. Because I think we like this movie. It helps when we like it. We're yeah. less confused. We don't have like the what the fuck happened here yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, but anyway, if you enjoyed today, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Please leave us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts, um, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I feel like you could only leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So go over there. Mm-hmm. Go leave us a review. Please. Give us five stars if you liked us. If you don't like us... Just give us five stars anyway, mm-hmm. um, because we were cute. <laughs> I don't know. So adorable. We're so adorable, and also, um, we carry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, we carry, and I'll come to your house and kill you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you have something you want to say, say it. Only if it's nice. Yeah. And if you want us to watch a movie of your recommendation, please do so. Yeah. We'd we'll love to take your advice. If you have a question for us, leave it there too. Please. Follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. We we have those. Yeah, we certainly do. Oh, we certainly do. Mm-hmm. Um, and tune in next week when we talk about something else. Something m- m- worse, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, we can't do every good movie in a row. We're yeah. going to run out of good movies to talk about. Period. Period. To kapoo. Love you. Love you too, baby. See you later. Bye. See you.